This is Mando Talk. I am your host, Caleb Keller, and we are here to talk about Chapter 3 of The Mandalorian that just came out on Disney Plus tonight, and it was titled The Sin. Nolan Ferris is back with me. We are here to talk about that episode. I think at this point, it's safe to say that Nolan Ferris is my co-host. Nolan, how you doing tonight? Doing good, guys. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this episode. It was really fun to watch, so there was a lot that happened. Yeah, I would have to say, just going into this review, before we even get going, by far, this episode has been the best of the three that we've seen, and just from top to bottom, biggest word I can think of is just epic. Epic for the entire episode throughout. I think after it, I was clapping, I was pumped, and I was ready to watch it again. Yeah, definitely. This was a a very good episode it taught a lot of loose ends that we've been questioning about together yeah there are still questions that need to be answered for sure and uh but um this was a very good episode and it was well directed and well written yeah so one of the things or actually a couple of the things that you predicted in that last podcast episode came to be maybe one or two of them didn't come to be but yeah thoughts on that <clears throat> yeah definitely uh, it was funny because we were watching the episode the first time and it was, uh, we were watching like my plan sort of unfold and my conspiracy or what I, what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Speculation. Unfold, my speculation yeah. unfold right in front of us. And then, so what it was, and if you didn't watch the last podcast, uh, pause this one and definitely go back and watch that one first Definitely, yep. because, um, we're going to be going back to that podcast a lot, but my, my speculation and my conspiracy theory was that the Mandalorian was going to go back with the baby Yoda, turn him in, and then something was going to happen. And that's when we were going to see the shot from the trailer where the Mandalorian is blasting stormtroopers. Yep. And so in this episode, you kind of see that, yep. but not the exact scene from the trailer that we saw. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, today's episode... We see that what you're talking about, where we see the Mandalorian blast up some stormtroopers. But in the trailer, it was during the day, but during this episode, it was actually during the night. So that's one thing there that cues us in that those were two completely different scenes. Yeah, um, but I don't know if maybe the scene from the trailer was maybe a cut scene from the show. And that's, I mean, I know that's a possibility, but I don't know why they put it in the trailer if they was going to get cut. Yeah, Star Wars has a history, especially with Rogue One. There were a lot of scenes shot for Rogue One that they put in the trailer that ended up actually not being in the movie. But I feel like the production with this Mandalorian TV show has been spot on and right on the money. And I would have to say that that shot where the Mandalorian walks by all those Stormtrooper helmets on those spikes is too epic for them to not include eventually in one of the episode so i think we're, we're definitely going to end up getting that scene at some point because i really hope so because that shot's just super cool to see yeah and remind me if i'm wrong but in in that scene where the stormtrooper helmets are on the spikes and land in the sand and, and battered was that a sandy planet did it look sandy like maybe it was an old tatooine or where they where the ugnaught was yeah it looks like it's a sandy planet for sure uh because i remember looking at those spikes coming out of the ground it's definitely sand terrain now i'm not sure though because that scene we're talking about where he jumps out of the door and he starts blasting stormtroopers left and right from the trailer i'm not so sure though if that's a sandy location i mean if i had to guess i would assume that it is but i guess we'll have to wait and see for that we'll have to wait and see but where he blasts the imperial 
people, the stormtroopers and, and everybody today on this episode three or chapter three is on a planet. It's uh, it really looks like a lava planet, almost like it's been crusted over. Yeah, because we see actually the planet in this episode tonight for chapter three. We see the planet's structure because he's flying in on that Razor Crest ship coming into that ship to bring back baby Yoda. And we see kind of like red lines weaving in and out throughout the planet's surface that we can see out in the out in space. So I think I'm not sure exactly what it is at its core, but it's definitely some sort of red matter for sure. Yeah, definitely. So this episode sort of begins with, um, of course the Mandalorian, when we left off on the last episode, he was in his ship and he was taking baby Yoda somewhere. We didn't know where then. Yep. Well, this chapter three begins with, um, him and his ship again, right where it left off. And you, it's, you shows the baby Yoda crawling out of his crib and just kind of being a nuisance almost and unscrewing his little knob. Yeah. On one of his controls. Yeah. That was funny. And I didn't know this, but that's going to tie in later, um, later on in the episode. Yeah. But it was kind of cool that it showed this little thing. And just to, just to show you how playful, just to show you that it's still a kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, at, at the beginning of that scene or beginning of that episode where they're coming back, we see a little bit more of the kind of almost father son almost relationship there for a little bit where the baby Yoda was kind of getting on his nerves. And he's like, "Ooh, that's not a toy. Put that up. That was pretty funny. So that interaction was pretty good. Uh, so we finally get into that point at the episode where he's taking baby Yoda back for the reward and he takes him back. And I was you know, we talked about the different theories or speculations there, how this was all going to lay out. But he ends up coming back and he presents Baby Yoda to the Imperial people and <clears throat> he gets his reward or he shows him his reward. Yeah. Well, how he knows where to take it is like on his ship, he gets a hologram from uh, oh, what's his name? Who? Which one? He gets the hologram that that's in the. uh the guy that has the two Vascar still in it. Oh, Grief Karga. Grief Karga. Yeah, Grief yeah. Karga. So he gets the hologram from Grief Karga, and Grief Karga tells him where to go to take and uh, take Baby Yoda, and he tells him to take him right back to the uh, Imperial. People oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The hologram, so, the hologram that popped up yeah, on the ship. On yeah. The, okay. On yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Well, that was a cool tie-in because we see that in all the trilogies. Yeah. The yeah. Hologram. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was point. really, really cool that it brought that back in this, in this series. Yeah. Um, but so he goes back to the Imperial people because, um, Karga says that he's just so impatient, uh, to get a hold of his prize. So when he gets there, um, he walks through the door. Of course, the little eye comes out again and he shows him his chip. So he walks through and walks into the room and that's when, uh, they present him with the Baskar steel. Yep. And it's a lot of it. Yes. It stacks on stacks on stacks. It's kind of in like this thing. It almost kind of reminded us of us of a cooler. It just had it stacked in there, prepared and ready for him. And at this point, though, the Mandalorian starts asking some questions, and Imperial Dude ain't too happy about that. So the cooler that we're talking about, we actually see it first in the first trilogy that ever came out. So it would be episodes 
what, four, five, and six. Yeah, episode and four, five, six. It was actually an ice cream maker. I don't know if you knew that. But yeah. It's an ice cream maker. I did some research. Uh-huh. And so little did they know, and, and a lot of people dressed up as this guy for like Halloween carrying an ice cream maker around. Yeah. And so, because they thought it was funny. Yeah. Um. Well, little did they know, and now we have clarification that it's a space safe. Right. Yeah. And so this is the first clarification that we get. Yeah. In Star Wars world, that it is a safe. This yeah, is where it reappears. Yeah, something that's actually important. And also, it looks like in which and you were talking about this off the air earlier. Yeah, Ray. Yeah, so in one of the episode nine trailers, where Ray and Poe and Finn and Chewbacca and I believe three PO and BB Eight are there as well. That widescreen shot where they show Ray and all that crew looking at the Death Star wreckage for episode nine. She has this thing that she's carrying in her right hand. And when I first looked at this thing on screen for Mandalorian tonight, I thought those two things looked the same. I haven't went back to look at that trailer to look at those details just a little bit more, but it did remind me of that. And I, I was just curious there if maybe there's a connection. So if any of you out there are listening, if you think that there's maybe a connection there, it's kind of far off, but if you do think there's a connection there, maybe just, you know, get back to us, let us know what you think about that. That'd be interesting to hear some thoughts on, cause that's some pretty deep and sweaty, nerdy stuff there connecting yeah. those two. Yeah, definitely. I just think it's cool that, that we finally figured out that it's a space safe and it w- originally and, you know, because it was low budget when they were first making it. So right. it was an ice cream maker. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But so it's a whole lot of Mandalorian steel, Baskar steel. Mm-hmm. And the Mandalorian kind of acts uncharacteristic. And even the Imperial uh, officer says that it was uncharacteristic because he asked a bunch of questions about it. So, I mean, what did you feel? I mean, how did you feel about that? Yeah, so it was pretty interesting watching them go back and forth there for a minute. It was kind of like a old sto- old um, school standoff there where they were just kind of bashing each other in a way, but bashing each other with questioning to yeah. where, you know, the Mandalorian has all these rules that he has to follow with the guild, and the Imperial guy knows that. He's kind of calling him out about yeah, it. Yeah, he's calling him out saying, you know, you're supposed to – finish your mission and completely forget about it. Yeah, and you are not doing that. Questions and yeah. he was, well, the Mandalorian's questions, he was just asking what they were going to do with baby Yoda. Right. Cause he's very interested at this point. Cause again, kind of going back to the first part of the episode, I think there's starting to be like a parent son, almost relationship there a little bit, at least to start a little bit. Well, yeah. And, and honestly, if it was me and they're offering this much of a reward yep. for this little person, right. Why is it, it has so, to be yeah. something special yes. for them to offer all this still. Yeah. So it would be hard, even if he's not connecting with that character or person, you know, it'd be hard to just not be curious of, well, if I'm getting this much, this yeah. thing must be really important. Curiosity has got to be yep. the best of them right there. Yep. So we get to that point there where he finally takes that best car still. You know, they were kind of being standoffish there for a little bit. We didn't really know what was going to happen, but he ends up taking it taking all that best car still. And he goes back to the Mandalorian location where they're hiding out on that planet. And he goes there to take all of his reward back. And we see that he uses it to get new armor 
and he upgrades that armor. And I must say, this scene was absolutely awesome when awesome. we see all these Mandalorian people come in there and discuss how they feel about him getting old Imperial cur currency to set up his armor. Yeah, so they were not happy about it at all, especially like the... I mean, there was one guy, we don't know his name yet, but he was an old school dude. You could tell just by the way he yeah. carried himself. He walked in there and he was not happy about seeing the Imperial Mark because the steel that he, that the Mandalorian, the main character, had um, been rewarded was Imperial Baskar steel, which is referenced to in the Great Purge was stolen from the Mandalorian people. Yep, from Mandalorian. so obviously the Imperial people had wronged the the mandalorian people by taking their steel and taking over their planet yep and uh they were not happy that the mandalorian was doing business with them at no all. and it was interesting one of we get a look at one of the most awesome looking characters we've seen other than the mandalorian at this point uh, i don't know what his name is but he was the big big mandalorian guy with all the heavy duty armor yeah the blue armor yeah, yeah. The, and they those two actually get into it physically and the welder or the person setting up all the armor for the Mandalorian is actually the one that breaks up that fight. Yeah, and I don't really know what to call her. No, she's, Forger. She's the female of the group. That's the only female we know of in the group I right think now. that we've seen, yes. That we've so. seen so far. And um, she is sort of the the blacksmith, I guess you would say, of yeah. the group. Yeah, that's Making the word. armor. Um, and she kind of breaks up the fight. They get into a little bit of a knife fight there over uh well i think the big blue guy tries to take off his helmet yeah because he tries to rip under yep. it and then mandalorian was having none of that and he just attacks him. and so when the fight stops this lady the the blacksmith um she asks the main character of the mandalorian what we know is the mandalorian she asked him if he's ever had his helmet off and he said no and then she asked well have you ever has anybody ever taken your an enemy off? as an, an enemy, ever. enemy ever yeah and he says never yeah so I thought that was a, a pretty powerful moment. I don't know why they won't take their helmets off. I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's like part of their creed right. or, or what it is, but that's going to be something I want to know. Yeah. It's definitely heavy into Mandalore culture that they do not take those helmets off once they have taken in that lifestyle of being a Mandalorian armor. Like you said, even I don't know fully 100%, at least not right now. I'm sure after more research, we could figure it out. But even I don't know fully why they can't take it off. But I'm sure it's just got to do with something, some heavy rule or just mindset that those Mandalorian soldiers have. Yeah. And so the next part, I guess, we can get into is... Yeah, uh, let's do it. The uh, So after the fight breaks up, they uh, they talk about... The Mandalorian is talking about what he what he would is i guess requesting to make i guess he still has to request this yeah because she seems like the person in charge and so he says you know my armor is taking a beat and it's it's pretty much junk yeah and it so is junk she takes <laughs> and most of the steel and starts forging him a new armor i guess he gets a new chest plate and a shoulder gauntlet and it looks like some new wrist gauntlets yeah and um but then he says something he, he wants the rest of the steel, or he says, save some for the foundlings. Yep, he says that again. So that's the second time he's made a request for extra or excess to go to foundlings. Yeah, and so I think this is like a way to get them started into the Mandalorian ship, I guess, like the culture. And it's going to help them start building their armor and 
it might be their helmets since that seems like such an important part yeah. in the culture. So do you think that the extra steel that the Mandalorian is bringing in is going to make a helmet for a young person and then they would never take it off? Well, that's interesting because from what we've seen so far, it looks like the Mandalorian is the only one that's got Beskar as a helmet because the rest of them kind of have that faded, worn out Boba Fett looking helmet, which I'm not even 100% sure if Boba Fett had Beskar steel. You know, I could research that some more, but I, at least knowing what Beskar looks like once it's melted based off of what we see on his body, that matches perfectly with his helmet. And I haven't seen another Mandalorian character in that group have one of those, but it could be Beskar without uh, without it being shiny because we go back to the first episode when that guy in that cantina says, hey, Mando, is this real Beskar still? And he even scratches the one that's painted yeah. or, or it's different color. So it could be Beskar. We just don't know, and they just still have the option to maybe paint it or just do something to make it not look so shiny. So that's definitely a possibility. I would definitely say, though, even if it's not helmet, even if they're, not, if they're saving that Beskar steel just for anything, they're definitely doing it with intent. And I think as this show progresses, we're going to see that Mandalorian culture build up, build up, and build up even higher to hopefully maybe toward the very, very end of this series get back to the way Mandalore was before the Clone Wars and before all that time. Yeah, because at the end of the episode, I mean, you see all the Mandalorians come out and help the main character. Yeah. And I, I think that is, there's definitely going to be more of that. Yeah, that's them literally saying to the galaxy, we're done hiding almost. Because they have now, because they said earlier in the episode, only one of us can go out at a time. So at that point, once all of them come out at the same time, I think that's them now saying, look, we've done this long enough. It's time for yeah, us to do something even, new. Even the, uh, even the main character, the Mandalorian, he says, well, you're going to have to find a new place to hide or, yep. or whatever camp or whatever. Yep. And he says, well, I mean, he, the catch phrase that gets them contained when they're fighting too is, uh, this is the way, this is the way. It's so epic. So yeah, I, I, that's awesome. And it, it brings back to the culture, you know, of this is the way we help each other out. And, yep. and it doesn't matter what it takes. We're not going to let each other go. Yes. Alone. So a big thing here, have we touched on how he rejected the signet, how he no, turned that down? That. Yeah. So the forger, the blacksmith, whatever you want to call her, she offers to make, I forgot what that creature's name was that he defeated it was or that he supposedly defeated something like that was it mudhorn, mudhorn okay mudhorn that he defeated in episode two in the child or chapter two um she offers to make that his signet but he turns it down because he says that an enemy he says an enemy helped him defeat it so that was interesting to see and i think further on we'll get some more clarification as to what signet means for mandalorians so what I think signet means is like something that is, I think it's going to make like your signet will be on your armor. And I mm -hmm. think it's going to mean that it is yeah. yours. And so, um, and anything like a stamp, you know, your stamp of approval, I think yeah. that's your signet. And so I think, and this is a, this is a reach, but I think when he rejected his signet, well, first off, she kind of, has questions when he come when he when he rejects the signet because yeah she's like well, what do you mean it's like a shot that an enemy helped you right in battle and uh 
the Mandalorian says, well, he didn't know I was his enemy at the time. Yeah, he didn't know I was an enemy. And yeah. so, um, but this is a conspiracy. I'm going to throw another one out there. All right. Maybe the end of the season. Yeah. I don't know yet, but I think his signet is going to be Baby Yoda. The, cre- the their creature. The yeah. yeah. That'd be really awesome. <laughs> I mean, that would be really cool. I you know, know. I really like that. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. I was just throwing it out there. That's yeah. that's a prediction. It yeah. might not happen. No, I like that prediction. I kind of hope it happens because yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> it would be cool. So another big thing that I want to talk about before we leave this scene is, again, when he's getting new armor, we get more flashbacks to him in oh, that yeah, scene for, sure. for yeah. him being a kid with it looks like losing his parents for good. Yeah. And I hate this because I was hoping we would see the parents. But in this scene, as far as we know, when and if you've watched it, you know that the doors close and then it looks like a bomb goes off. Yep. And so I don't know if that's the end of his parents or what it is. But what definitely happens and goes back to all the way back to chapter one is a droid opens the doors. And so in chapter one, we talked about how he, you know, there were several instances where he opted away from droids. Didn't like droids. Yeah. Doesn't like any, any type of um, droid knowledge or. Right. So I think that is, uh, that's a key right there that we're probably going to be revisiting and maybe some more flashbacks in the next two episodes or so. Yeah, we're going to have to get some finality to that scene. I mean, even, I guess that could be finality that his parents were killed and we never go back to that scene. However, though, I mean, what happens there when that droid droid? stares right at that kid and we just don't know what happened? So at some point, we're going to have to figure out what happened there. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe that's when the the Republic shows up and and blows up the drone control or the droid control ship. Could be, could be for sure. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Questions. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of questions. A lot of questions that hopefully we get answered at some point in the show. It'd be definitely beneficial if we got them answered in this season, but I highly doubt that everything is answered in this season because I hope this thing goes for as many seasons as it possibly can because after that episode ended, first thing I said was that was Star Wars at its top level. So we'll continue to break down the episode just to recap on how awesome this episode was. So we finally get out of the Mandalorian center where they've been hiding out and he goes back to grief Karga to discuss, and he really wants to get a new mission and grief Karga actually seems pretty pleased, pretty happy with what the Mandalorian had accomplished. Yeah. He's definitely talking him up in front of all these bounty hunters. Yep. <laughs> and he says that all these bounty hunters hate him because he is the one to bring back what we know as now the baby Yoda. And uh, apparently, and I thought this was interesting, we summed it up. And I had a theory before we watched this episode that maybe a different character was given out the tracking fobs and yeah. sent in other uh, bounty hunters on the mission. Okay. But we found out today that it was the only person that was given out the Imperial fob or the tracking fobs right. was the Imperial officer, right. or whatever. Yeah, I'm still not 100% so, sure his name is, but Warner Herzog's character. Yeah. yeah, that guy. And so that's the only guy that was given out the tracking fobs and he gave them to all the bounty hunters. Yep. Everybody had one, which it plays a big role in the, the last, uh, some of the Sequence. last scenes yes. of the, of this episode. Of the episode. But I thought that was because 
the Mandalorian, he's upset about it, obviously, because he wasn't the only one on this mission. I right. Think. Yeah. He asked about why were there multiple fobs given out? I think twice. He yeah, asked he the asked. Imperial officer and he also asked, um, yeah, grief, grief cargo, cargo as yeah. well. So another thing I want to point out in this sequence, he gets the next mission from grief cargo and it turns out to be a Moncala, which is the species of general Akbar, the guy that in the originals trilogy said it's trap. Uh, very famously, and it said that the guy that he was going after was the son of someone important for that species. So I thought that maybe it would be Akbar's son. I'm not even sure if it is, but that'd be pretty cool if we eventually see that species at some point in this series. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, do you think uh, all bounty hunters are targeting um, people from the light side or the good side, I guess, like the Republic and, and stuff like that? Because you yeah. know, we see the baby Yoda, he's taken. Right. Um, the first creature that was taken, well, I don't even remember his name from the first episode, but I don't oh, know. No, I don't remember. I don't know what he silly was. Silly guy, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was just setting up the scene. Maybe he doesn't Yeah, I think that just kind of set the tone. I don't really yeah. know if he was any of importance. But now we're going after what could be uh, one of the main, what is he, is he a general or something? Yeah, General Akbar's son. Yeah, so yeah. now we could be going Possibly, after that. that's and speculation. that's another conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. Know? So that's uh, maybe... I don't know. Are you hoping for that to happen? I mean, it'd be pretty cool just to get that tie in. It'd be nice because we go to the place where Moncala people or Moncala creatures call home in Clone Wars. We go to that planet and it's strictly underwater. So they live in water. So it would be interesting to see the Mandalorian go to that planet and see him in that atmosphere. I think that would cause some really cool shots and really cool scenes It'd be really cool to see. And like I said in the very first episode that we discussed, Dave Filoni, who is a guy that George Lucas hired himself to take in Clone Wars, the animated show, is part of the production of The Mandalorian. So any connection he can make back to his animated series, I think we're going to see. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So after this uh, and after he gets his mission, that he gets he walks back to his ship, gets on his ship. And uh, he has kind of like a like come to Jesus meeting right here. Yeah, like he's got to make, With himself, make yeah. a decision. Yeah, and so he's got to make a decision whether to leave the baby Yoda behind or go on about his mission and just forget about it, like the guild wants him to. And so, of course, we all wanted him to go back for the baby Yoda, and that's what he ends up choosing to do. So he gets off his ship, shuts it down, and walks back to. Uh, he's walking around sort of the same area as uh as where the imperial the stormtroopers were and the imperial officer is um he gets his scope out and he's listening through with the x-ray vision on his scope or whatever yeah it's got like some volume control to it to where he can hear yeah where he can hear yeah he, he clicks it on the side of his helmet and uh so he's listening to the imperial officer through the through the walls and they're saying uh pretty much get what you need from the baby Yoda and let's go. I yeah. Can't that's what we anymore. think they're saying for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so they're trying to hurry up is what it seems like. Yep. And I don't know if this is because the baby Yoda is weak and is mm-hmm. dying or. Yeah. Or they're trying to, you know, pack up ships since they've got their target. They're trying to pack up ship and get out of there. Right. Or what? Yeah. I'm still extremely confused on what they're 
end goal here is with baby Yoda, what they were trying to accomplish or what they were trying to prevent from yeah. happening. There's no telling. Yeah. And I'm hoping eventually we'll get an answer on that. Yeah. I mean, they definitely took something from him though. Cause where he was on that table when they get, when the man Warren finally got to him, that's, yeah. they were taking something out of him yeah. because that, that uh, droid had what looked like a syringe. Right. So, yeah, that droid actually too, reminded me of one of the droids that Darth Vader uses to interrogate Leia in the very first episode, or in the, in the very first Star Wars movie ever, when she's in the Death Star uh, prison cell, and he comes in to interrogate where are the Death Star plans that the Rebels have stolen to blow up the Death Star. He uses one of those. It's I don't really know what's in it, but it, it's used to, I guess, trick the mind to have them spill the beans, basically, but I don't know what it would have to do with baby Yoda. So, but we get to that point where we're talking about, he's decided to go into the building to get baby Yoda. And this is where really the awesomeness of this episode shines, where we see some heavy action scenes of the Mandalorian, just destroying storm stormtroopers left and right. Yeah. So the first thing he's doing is he walks up to the door and when the little eye comes out, he just jerks it, plumb off of the wall. I yeah. think that's so funny. And then two stormtroopers come out, and they're going to do a sweep of the area. And so he walks around, puts a charge on the wall, blows the wall, yeah. and goes and hides. And when the stormtroopers come in, he, he kills both of them. And then another one comes in, and he pretty much beats them to, to death with his own gun, which is awesome. So the next part is he's going down the hallway. And he shoots his grappling hook into the stormtrooper. Yeah, probably my favorite action scene. Yeah, that of was the cool. Whole episode. All right, I've and, got a different one, so that'll be good that we have two different ones. Yeah, and so he his grappling hook is in this dude, and he pulls him all the way back and gets him with his knife. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. So after that one, bouncing off of your favorite scene, mine comes up after all of that, where. They he's wiping them all out left and right. Well, it finally gets to this point where it looks like he's done for. And we didn't even touch talk about this earlier whenever she was setting up his armor. But he gets this new technology whenever he gets that new Beskar steel armor where they, they call it the whistling birds. And he uses the whistling birds to wipe out these four stormtroopers storm stormtroopers that surrounded him. And it really reminded me of some Iron Man scenes. So that was really, really, really cool. Yeah, and so what a whistling bird is, is it's in his left wrist gauntlet. Yeah. And so they're little bitty charges, I guess like you you would almost say like a sink shot, like a remote shot Yeah. That he shoots out of his arm, and they just go to the target and strike. And <laughs> it was really cool. He took out four with one use. Now, she does say when she is making this armor that they're very rare. So oh, yes. I don't yeah. know if he's... If he's going to run out or not, but that was the right. only because they they had him surrounded. There was you know one on each of his on each of his corners, and he had the baby Yoda in his hand. And the way he did it was he set the baby Yoda down. He said, you know, what I'm holding is very valuable. He goes yeah. to set it down, and when he's coming up, he releases the whistling birds and yep. you know, strikes them all down. I'm hoping it's, awesome. it's one of those things that he has that he only uses when it's an absolute epic moment to almost to where we kind of forget that he even has it until yeah. he decides to use it. Cause he has already that awesome long rifle that just blows people up. Yeah. So he can already use that. That's already a, a pretty cool weapon for him to use to keep us interested. So I think that whistling bird thing, cause you said 
that there's such low supply, low supply of them. I think it's going to be something that we don't see that much, but when we do see it, it's going to be pretty epic. Yeah. And so this pretty much ends this scene. So he's walking yeah. back out. He's got everybody pretty much strike down yep. to clear his way to get out. So he's pretty much walking down the street back to his ship. Yep. And, and then, uh, they send out the call yep. to and everybody's this, tracking phone. This really, again, kind of reminded me of like a Western vibe here yeah. where it's just this <laughs> yep, rogue cowboy that's on his own and all these other people are like, what are you doing in my town, boy? Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right, so... Uh, they, because everybody's got these tracking fobs because they handed them out to everybody because they wanted the best yep. to come at, to be able to get him. And obviously, you know, the Mandalorian is going to be the best. This is what the show's about. Right. And so when he gets away with Baby Yoda from the Imperial soldiers, the stormtroopers, they send out another frequency on, on him. They send out another uh, tracking device. Yep. And so everybody's tracking fobs are lighting up, which, yep. you know. <sighs> They know that it's the Mandalorian because he's the only one that could get him before. And right. So, well, he's also made that big scene now when he walked in to get a new job that he's got all that fresh armor on. All that new armor. And everyone's like, well, we know what he did all to that get ice. that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all that, all that ice. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so it all comes down to a boiling point when he's right there. His ship is in view. And... um they they surround him again, yeah. once again. And grief cargo of all people, because we thought He's he was a very trusty, yeah. trusty uh person there in the series, and he was the main guy. And it, yeah, he just wasn't happy that he broke the guild's rules and it came down to that really. So he was with the, the rest of them. Yeah, the guild rules are obviously very important to guild members. And but obviously not that important to the Mandalorian. Nope. <laughs> or maybe he senses something or sees something more in the Baby Yoda. I mean, they're going back to the price that they set for him was just it was it it was obviously a crazy amount that said you know they said he was the most expensive bounty ever. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's he's got bigger plans with Baby Yoda. We just don't know what they are yet. Yep. We can speculate, but I, no, I don't have any. Guesses. I think at this point, as far as Baby Yoda goes, I have no clue what's going to happen with him next. I don't know. I think we kind of speculated right on the money as far as Mandalorian at some point was going to get him back yeah. and protect him and take him with him and go rogue. I think we got that. We nailed that on the head. But at this point, I have no clue where the story's going next. No, I don't. I don't know. But this is a. Uh, this is a big battle scene and this yep. is towards the end of it. There's a lot to talk about. So they tell him, you know, uh, grief cargo says, we'll set the baby on the speeder and we can talk about this because I'm your only hope. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when we throwback. were watching that, he really emphasized saying I'm your only hope here. And I was like, Oh, Leia, another call back there. Yeah. The tr original trilogy, star Wars. Yeah. That was pretty funny. When, when she says, you know, Ben Kenobi, you're the only hope. Yep. You're our only hope. Yep. And so um, <laughs> it was funny. So he's walking over this speeder. And uh, right before he sets the baby down, he just opens fire on everybody and just yep. just, just, just blasting away. Yep. And then jumps over into the, uh, the bed of this speeder and um, 
they got him cornered pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. he runs through his flamethrower. He runs. Yeah, uh, he runs I mean, through everything he's got. He's going through his uh, his long rifle and disintegrating people until everybody gets around cover. And um, and so he's kind of done with. They uh, he tells the droid to go at first. Yeah, first. Yeah, an actual positive interaction with a droid there where he's. Well, it was sort of positive. It was, it was yeah. I mean, yeah. he threatened him. With it was gun. one of those situations <laughs> where he just had to swallow his pride and interact with yeah. a droid. <laughs> yeah. Well, the droid didn't want to go anywhere because <laughs> nope. he didn't want to be caught in the middle of it, and so nope. he, he pulled his pistol on the droid. <laughs> Poor little droid he ended up getting blasted when they yeah. uh, to disable the rig. They uh, uh, grief cargo shot the droid to, to where he couldn't go nowhere anymore. Yep. And so he's he's sort of stranded, dead in the water right here, and. He's got this. I wouldn't. I'm gonna say it's an intimate look with the with the baby Yoda. Oh, it's, definitely. It's, um, like a they're soul searching there a little bit. Yeah, I thought it was him just kind of looking at him like, "Uh, you used the force last <laughs> yeah, time. Can yeah. you use the force now, please?" Yeah. Where's all that? You know when you need it. But there again, I think maybe the baby Yoda would have used the force if they wouldn't have been probing him and testing him True. for everything. Yes, because he's maybe he exhausted at this point. You know, yeah, he was his eyes were shut when he was laying on the table. And yeah. It took him a while to again, perk up with all of that going on. So he was yeah, definitely the first out time of it. We see him really perk up. Is at the end of the, yep. the show there? Yeah. He opened his shoot. eyes a little bit throughout the shootout there, uh, in the middle of that area before he got to his ship. But so that was really about it. First open his eyes after they leave right there. So, yep. Um, but then a really cool part happens, yep. and, you know, when, when they said, this is the way, this adds to what they mean when yep. they say this is the way when they're talking yep. about protecting their own. And we, we mentioned this briefly earlier in the, in the, uh, the segment, of the podcast, um, they, uh, so all these Mandalorians, they come back. Yeah. All of them. It was and, pretty cool. Uh, the coolest part was, is they were all flying. Yeah. And <laughs> he, wasn't. And he, he wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> and so that was awesome to see, you know, the jetpack that we see, you know, in Boba Fett, and Django yep. Fett come back. Right. So uh, that was awesome to see them flying. And then, uh, of course, the big blue guy, the guy with the blue Mandalorian armor. Yeah, the heavy duty. The heavy duty guy. He is blasting them away with his big gun. Yep. And he says to the Mandalorian, you know, we got this covered. Uh, go on your separate way. Do what you got to do. This is the way. Yeah. And do your thing. And we well, got the, this. The main character, the Mandalorian, he was like, well, you know, you're going to have to find a yep. new place to stay now. Yeah. And then uh, the blue guy looks back at him and says, you know, this is, this is the way. This, this is the way. You know, yep. we're going to keep our own. So so that allows the Mandalorian to run back to his ship when he gets on his ship. Grief cargo. Grief cargo. Sneaky little guy. <laughs> he had, he had uh, fled and boarded the um, the ship. Yep, the Razor Crest style ship. ship. Yep. And at that point, you know, it was one of those conversations Another standoff. Another standoff. <laughs> and Mandalorian's looking around. He's thinking, well, what can I do it now? And he remembers, or I guess just recognizes that he's got carbonite system there installed on his yeah, ship. To freeze his bounties when, yep. he, when he catches them. And he uses it this time to distract Grief Karga. Yeah, and he's throwing out a smoke So Grief <laughs> Karga has no clue what he's looking at, no clue what's going on. He's just shooting uh wildly like i do when i'm playing call of duty or any other uh game yeah, for sure. <laughs> um he's shooting wildly Fortnite. and finally mandalorian just puts him down shoots him and he blasts back off to the ship 
And the Mandalorian thinks that he's successfully killed off another enemy when, in fact, Grief Karg is still alive. Yeah, so I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but when the Mandalorian got paid, yeah, well, so did Grief so Karg. So did Grief Karg. With two, it looks like two tablets of Baskar Steel. Yeah, and something that I want to point out about when he showed that he had those two uh, Baskar Steel tablets or currency items, Mandalorian kind of tilted his head like, why do you have that? That's mine. What are you doing with that? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And I think maybe that still will complete his armor eventually because I know they're going to meet again. Yeah, they're going to meet again. And at some point, I think Mandalorian's going to get that armor. The two tablets. Yeah, the two tablets. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that's going to happen. But that is what saves Greek Karga. Greek Karga. Yeah. Because so, um, it shot him literally right there where right he had it. On the pocketed. seal. And when yep. he pulls the seal out, it's, it's you know, charred. Yep. Where the, uh, the rounded hit him. Yep. But anyways, so that pretty much concludes the episode they get on the ship and the another going back to the very first part of this episode where the baby yoda is playing with his his knob his yep. control knob yeah and uh they have a little interaction with that yes and instead this time getting on to him about playing with it he unscrews he it, unscrews to, it, allow it, him to, play it. To, to let him play with it so it's he's definitely not a target, and I don't think that you would say that he was an enemy now. No, no, in, they're in the, in the they are now allies. allies, and we're gonna have a Mandalorian and a really really young Force user working together, and that's gonna be pretty cool to see. Yeah, well, what we know, we did a little research off the air uh, earlier, and what we know about the Yoda species is, I mean, really not a whole lot. Nope. So. We know that there have only been three on screen yep. in the entire Star Wars world. Yep. We've had we've had this baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. We've had the real Yoda. Yep. And then we've had another a female of the species mm-hmm. in episode one, the Phantom Menace. She sits on the Jedi Council. Yep. Do you think there is a possibility? And I know nobody likes to think this way because <laughs> um, obviously, you know, Yoda was the, he was one for the rules yeah. back when the Jedi Council was a thing. Um, but this baby Yoda is 50 years old. Right. That puts it at the time of episode one. Mm-hmm. You've got a female species of Yoda. Mm-hmm. Which her name is, uh, what, what is it? Uh, Yaddle or Yaddle or Yaddle or, or something. Nah, something like Yaddle. that. Yep. And so, well, that's going to put it right at that time period mm-hmm. when he was being born. Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> on the Jedi Council in the first episode. She's not on the Jedi Council in the second episode. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think she was shamed off of the <laughs> Jedi Council for, for, some, for some reason? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say a <laughs> hard, hard no on that. I don't know, man. I'm keeping it open. It's still on the table. Yeah. Well, we will see. But we'll, we'll definitely see. I, for right now, for what I know about Yoda, I'm going to say that he wouldn't break the Jedi Code, that he was heavily preaching and getting on to Anakin about following. Yeah. Because that will really just kind of alter the way I look at that character in the prequels, which, you know... I'd be fine with. It's not going to affect the way I love Yoda regardless. No, doesn't yeah, matter. Sure. I'm keeping my mind open to it. But I think that 
Yoda's character, they're going to stick true to that. And I don't think we're going to see that there's a relation there, but we're definitely going to end up getting some clarification on where this baby Yoda comes from. And I know they're going to be connected somehow. I just don't think it's going to be by blood. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we do know that this species, it doesn't, they never give a name for the Yoda's species. Yep. Um, but we do know that it's very, very rare for these species to be throughout the galaxy. Yep. And that Yoda was questioned a few times in, you know, the several movies that he's been in of mm-hmm. what his home planet is, but he never says. Right. And he says he's trying to keep the force away from his planet or the keep his planet isolated. So it's obviously somewhere in the outer rim. I yeah. would say maybe even in the unknown regions, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. We, we don't know. And hopefully we get some answers as far as that goes. Cause maybe. like we said earlier, I have no clue where baby Yoda's arc is going. So they're going to have to do something to spark that back up. Cause at this point, I think he's just a cute little character now that uses the force. So they're going to have to do something to where there's some character build up there. It. Yeah. Well, we do know that the that species, the unknown species of the Yodas, is always has always been very, very high in midichlorian counts, yep. which is their ability to use like force. the DNA for force yeah. users. Yeah. So midichlorians are in every living thing. Yep. And it's if you have a high count, you're able to yep. control and feel more than other people. Right, and control things. Yep. And so they have some of the highest midichlorian counts in their cells than anybody does. Yeah. In the galaxy. And this is obviously so in the baby Yoda because he's able to use the force at such a young age. Yeah. To save, which Mandalorian would be his savior. Really? Yeah. So they paid each other back already. That's a good point. Oh, that's a very interesting point that they mm. now kind of house. Scales are equal. Yeah. Baby Yoda <laughs> saved his life. Well, now Mandalorian has now saved baby Yoda's life. So they're on even playing field. So. That's about wraps up the episode. We see Mandalorian jump into light speed there at the end of the episode. Yeah, I don't know where he's going or what he's doing. Don't know where he's going. I don't hopefully, have any no, hopefully we get to see him go to Tatooine or that sandy planet next because that'd be interesting to see that scene uh, coming. We know that the Empire, the those Imperial remnants that are still out there, know he's out there now and are going to go after him. I do know that's going to happen. So at some point now, instead of him chasing people, everyone is chasing him. So oh, he yeah, is definitely. now the baby Yoda that's he out there a, that everyone's trying to get. fugitive because like we talked about, he broke the guilt. And yep. so he's definitely going to be hunted from now on. Definitely. Which um, maybe with this new armor, he won't have such a hard time. Yep. And, and I'm, I think, because you get the salute off with the uh, the Mandalorian right there at the end. It's flying mm-hmm. next to his window. Yeah, he gives him a little salute as he flies salute. by again. It looks like a little Iron Man scene. but Yeah, which again, I hope the Mandalorian says right after that, he says, uh, man, I got to get me one Yeah, of I wish I had which, a jetpack. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I really do hope he, he finds yeah. a jetpack. Yeah, that'd be cool. get one crafted somewhere. Yep. That was probably about it for that episode for Chapter 3 of The Mandalorian. But... I want to mention before we head out, the director of this episode was Deborah Chow, and she is actually going to be the director that takes on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So if 
this episode is any clue as to what she's going to be bringing to Star Wars for that Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I'm extremely pumped then for that series because this, like I said at the top, this episode was Star Wars at its best. And I would really put it up there with one of the best sequences or just scenes in general that I've seen throughout Star Wars, Star Wars's history. Yeah, very well written, very well directed. Um, another thing is, and, and before we go, I know we talked about it last time, but definitely, guys, send us your questions and send us your comments on our social media pages that yep. we have, and uh, and we'll give you a shout-out and talk about your question at the first of the episode uh, next week. Yeah, so what we would like to do is with those questions that you send in, either send it into Twitter or Instagram, or even if you know us in general, you can always just shoot me a text, shoot Nolan a text, or even shoot us a message on Facebook. Uh, but if you want to reach us at our actual Mando Talk platform, that is at Mando Talk on Twitter, and it is also at Mando Talk on Instagram. Twitter, we're pretty active. I'm u- usually posting some new things here and there, a couple of every other days. So keep that in mind. Please send in those questions. We'll feature you at the very start of the next episode that we have. Or at least feature your question. If you want to remain anonymous, if yeah, you don't want your question absolutely. to be known. Definitely send us send us in those questions though, so we can uh, we can uh, have you guys interact with us on on the on the stream. Yeah, because like I said in that trailer that that podcast episode that I released before we started this whole thing, this is really just me wanting to talk Star Wars with as many people as possible. Uh, Nolan is right here along the ride with me, so that's been awesome. So as many people as we can talk to about this with would be awesome and it doesn't even have to be about mandalorian it can be just any star wars question about the movies you know with the upcoming movie coming out next month even with things in the past like what was our favorite star wars memory growing up or just anything simple like that please shoot those questions to us i I know either of us would be happy to answer those but there is one more thing that i want to touch on as far as mando talk goes before we head out We are currently in the process of getting a logo, an official logo created for our podcast. And I want to give a shout out to Brandon Anderson, who has been working extremely hard to make that logo for us. So hopefully we'll have that out soon. We're getting a lot of cool decals, a lot of cool logos created for Mando Talk. So hopefully that gets done. So until next time, we will continue to look forward to looking at the Mandalorian with you here on Mando Talk. Next Friday, we will talk about chapter four of the Mandalorian, which means that's the halfway point for this season. That's all that I've got here for Caleb Keller, Nolan Ferris. We had a blast. Hope you had a blast watching this episode until next time. Um, I have spoken.